This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. 2023, how many people stayed up last night and watched the ball drop or just did something fun until midnight? How many people tried to go to bed at a decent time and couldn't fall asleep? Yeah, that was me. I got in bed by like 10 something and I still was up till midnight, so it was fine. I had good aspirations for the first night of sleep of 2023, but it didn't happen, so we got tonight to fix that. Anyway, um, give yourself a pat on the back this morning because you have perfect church attendance so far in 2023. Gold star to you. Uh, I just want to welcome you guys today, and I hope that you've already begun to think through what 2023 is going to look like for you, um, what goals you're going to set, um, what things you want God to do. I think oftentimes out of fear of failure, we choose to just not pick something to aim for, and then oftentimes we never reach anything. And so my challenge would be to push past the possibility of failure and to just to choose something. You go, God, I trust you for this this year. I want to see this this year. And if you don't reach it, you don't reach it, but at least you try. Is that a good word? And I'm hoping that today, is that a good word? I think some of you stayed up too late. Um, anyway, I think today is going to help you guys. Um, hopefully, if you haven't thought about it, or even if you have, hopefully today is going to help you with some of those goals um, in picking that. And so we're going to get into that in a second. But I first want to give you a couple of announcements this, for, this morning. First of all, our annual 21-day fast begins tomorrow. Say 21-day fast. 21-day fast. And I know this was in the announcements, but I also recognize that a lot of people maybe online or in the, in the room today may not fully understand what a fast is. And I'm not going to preach a message on fasting today, although we have done that in the past. And I would encourage you to go back and look. But I just want to quickly encourage you to fast. I don't know as we've approached this if you understand it or if you're like, I'm not going to do it this year. But my encouragement is please take it seriously, pray about it, and do it. Um, we start tomorrow and we're doing it corporately. And a lot of times I think when we say fast right now, like intermittent fasting and fasting is a big weight loss trend in America. So like we say fasting, I think a lot of people automatically go to the physical side of things rather than the spiritual, um, the spiritual part of it. And so fasting simply is this. It's a, practic- um, a practical spiritual discipline. So it's submitting your appetites to God and it gives room for God to move in the natural and a supernatural way. So I'm going to say that again, but fasting is a practical spiritual discipline that gives room for God to move in the natural, in a supernatural way. So in other words, it's denying yourself in order to move yourself out of the way for God to do something. And so I don't know what you come into 2023 thinking, but I think the best way to start it is by going, God, I want to put you first this year, just like in anything else. And so my encouragement is as as you look at this and you go, okay, the church is doing a fast. You're not doing it alone. Just step in and do it with us. In Matthew 6, Jesus talks about, he says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, he made it clear that fasting was actually a regular part of the Christian life. And so a lot of times I think there's like spiritual disciplines that we just kind of set off to the side of like only the really holy people do that versus going, no, all people should be doing this if they follow Jesus. And so my encouragement is grab one of those handouts, talk to a staff member, go back on the podcast and listen to a previous message. There's a lot of amazing resources in there. Um, I'd encourage you to do it. I know our whole staff is doing it, um, and I'm assuming a lot of our church community is. And so if you're on the fence about it, just do it. Go shopping today, figure out what you're doing. Um, and make that happen. And then I also want to say really quick, really quickly with that, um, beginning this Wednesday, um, and it will be Wednesday through Friday this week and then Tuesday through Friday for the rest of the fast, we will be having a prayer hour at South Campus from 12 to 1 p.m. I know a lot of people work, but if you want to come on your lunch hour, all sta- our staff will be in there participating in that. So that's my encouragement there. So that's a good word. Second announcement real quick this morning is our 90-day giving is still going, um, and I know that it was said in the announcements, but I just want to encourage you this morning to participate in that. Allie and I this week received a 
pretty large check in the mail. And as soon as Allie told me, I felt a nudge in my heart going, this is, this is me being faithful back to you because you've been trusting me. And it was awesome. And I, I, I'm not saying you give because of receiving that, but it's always nice because God always affirms it. And so I encourage you to give. And last but not least, come on, say, say like you're excited or something because everyone's like really dead right now. There we go. Okay. <laughs> last but not least, next week we're kicking off a brand new series called Love Where You Live. Love Where You Live. And I'm super excited for the series. I know none of you have any connotation to what the series is going to be about, but next week's show up, we're going to talk about it. This is going to be a really foundational series in the life of our church, and I really believe God's going to do something special through it. So anyway, with that being said, today we are going to do something a little bit different. I know that I'm standing up here today, but I will not be the sole one speaking today. Um, our entire staff, except for a few, will actually be coming up here, and we're going to be doing in a TED Talk type format many messages, okay? Um, and this started with most of our staff, and then Due to sickness, we've slowly dwindled. So it was like a five-minute TED Talk. Now it's like 10-minute TED Talk. And I was kidding. It's like seven minutes. Um, but we're going to do our best to stay within the time crunch. Don't look at your clock, okay? We only have one service today, so if we go till noon, it's fine. We're not, we're not really going to. It's fine. Um, anyway, so I'm excited for this. And what we're going to do is we're going to all get up here, and we're going to answer the same question. This question we're going to answer is next December, when you get to the end of 2023, what do you hope to say you successfully live by, modeled, and embodied throughout this coming year? And I think we're all familiar with New Year's resolutions in some way or format, whether we follow through on them or not. This is going to be kind of like a spiritual New Year's resolution. And the reason we're doing this is because we want to practically give you ideas of something you can hold on to for 2023, as well as we want to just encourage you to think it through. So by the end of this, our goal and challenge is that you would be thinking through and go, I'm going to answer this question for myself, and I'm going to live it out in 2023. So that means you can steal one of our answers. You can come up with your own. But the goal is that you would do this. And the reason we're doing this is a lot of times... Like I said earlier, we don't pick anything to aim for because of fear of failure or whatever it may be. But a lot of times it's great if you start with a goal in mind and then you work backwards and figure out how to get to that goal. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. So with that being said, I'm going to kick us off today by answering this question for myself by looking at a passage of scripture found in Luke chapter 10. I don't have a lot of time to expound on it this morning, but I will say that a couple months ago I ran across this passage of scripture and I felt like God just nudged my heart and was like, this is something you need to do better at. And it's over an interaction that Jesus has with two very important characters in the New Testament. And so I want to read just these couple of verses this morning. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So what's my answer to this question? When I get to the end of the year, what do I hope to say I live by? I want to say I did my best, not perfected it because it's impossible, but did my best in choosing the one thing that matters most. Choosing the one thing that matters most. And now obviously when I say this, this, this phrase of choosing the one thing that matters most and what this identifies, a lot of us are like, duh, that's like the one thing that I should be going for in life. So you took the answer trend. I'm like, yes, I kind of did. But really when I did this, I go, we know this should be our answer, but a lot of times we make excuses for not doing it. And when I say choosing what matters most, I'm talking about taking moments to fill my soul, taking moments to hear the voice of God and his will for my life, taking moments to be thankful and grateful for those around me, taking moments with people that God's placed in my life and enjoying the, the, the time around me. A lot of times I think we miss out on these moments due to a busy schedule or whatever it may be. And um, 
I think so many of us, whether it's because of raising kids or, or school or work or whatever it may be, we are convinced that we do not have enough time to, to, to choose what matters most. We go, we'll do it eventually, right? How many people have fallen into that trap before? I will do it eventually. Right now, like, I just got to get this done. I got to power through, but eventually I'll get there. But eventually never comes. And like all of us, last, last um, Friday, Christmas Eve Eve, I was reminded that although it may be hard at times, the world does slow down and I can make a choice to choose what matters most. See, just like each of you that live in Salem, Kaiser area, you guys woke up to a sheet of ice layering the city. And if you're like me, you decided to get up that morning, you're like, I'm going on a walk despite the ice. I walked down my steps and I was like, this is a horrible idea. I will fall down my driveway. No joke, the next day I did fall down my driveway. And I may come up in a sermon later, but if you know my driveway, it's basically like a mountain. And I literally slid from my top of my driveway all the way to the middle of the street. My Birkenstock fell off. I was soaking wet. It was not fun. And I was definitely in pain. Like my arm was like hurting because I tried to catch myself. Anyway, that's, that's a side note. But anyway, you're like, dude, you're such a klutz. No, see my driveway before you judge me, okay? Anyways, that morning, I ended up finding myself in the backyard of our house um, with the fireplace on, a heater pointed at me, a cup of coffee, and I just, it was so quiet because everyone was stuck in their house, no one was able to get out, and, we, and every, the world was just slowed down to a stop. And I actually brought a photo this morning, it's up there, so you can kind of see my view that morning. And... I, I sat there, and I just had a sense of peace and calm rush over me. And for you, if you have kids, you're like, that was, there was nothing, like, there was no peace and calm. Like, we were just, like, we're throwing Bluey on the TV, like, you're just trying to get them to not yell at us. Like, it was not a peace and calm. I'm sorry. But for me, it was peaceful and calmful. Calmful? Calm. Calming. I don't know what I'm saying. It's 2023. We're making up new words. Okay. And I wrote in my journal, there's something super beautiful about how everything comes to a complete halt when it snows and when we get ice. It's not always fun, but it reminds me that very few things truly matter. See, in that moment, I was reminded that although life may try to convince me that I have to keep going and keep doing, I have enough time to slow down and take it all in. And I think a lot of us live by the lie that we have to keep going, we have to keep doing. But I wanted to, 2023, I want to remind myself and do my best to choose moments like I had on Christmas Eve Eve. Not, not that the, the world forces me to slow down by getting, giving me ice that I can't get out of my house, but me choosing moments like that. And I chose this as my goal because I realized how often I find myself like Martha. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I love how that got translated because how many people just have stuff that has to be done? How many times do I feel distracted by the things that just have to, have to be done today? And in the weeks leading up to this, I ran across an interesting, um, interesting thing regarding medieval torture, which I don't know, like I don't study that for fun, but I ran across it. And um, I have a photo today, and it's kind of blurry, but basically back in medieval times, there was a torture method where people would be tied, their limbs would be tied to horses, and the horses would be demanded to run in opposite directions, pulling them limb from limb. You can imagine that's not very fun. But the French actually ended up later calling this torture method distraction. And I thought that was so fitting because for so many of us, we are tied to all sorts of things that are pulling us in different directions. When Jesus says, Martha, you are worried, this word, this word actually means to be drawn in opposite directions, divided into pieces. And this is how we often find ourselves. But in closing, I love how Jesus responds to Martha in the midst of her distraction. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away from her. And a lot of times I think we hear Jesus talk, talk to Martha this way. We, we hear him go, Martha, Martha. And we think he might be being harsh or negative. But actually, when I read a commentary that said when they repeated a name like that, it was actually out of compassion and care. So he looked at Martha and he, he realized, like, 
Martha, like, I care about you. I want you to experience what's best. And I also have to mention, like, if we didn't have Martha's, nothing would get done. So there's a balance. But I want to do my best this year to choose what matters most. In closing, Corey Ten Boom says this, if the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. And so for me, I, wanna, I wanted to declutter the busyness and try to spend more time with what matters most. So with that being said, would you give it up for Pastor Sarah as she comes to, get, to answer this question today? Okay, so this year, I have really been praying the last, the last few months of 2022 about a word that God really wanted me to focus on. And last year, it was patience. And it's kind of funny when you pick a word like that, because then God puts so many things in your life to teach you to be patient. But, so this year, I was praying about it, and, and I got this word, and I was like, man, I don't really want this word. It's not really one that I really want to focus on. It's really going to stretch me. It's really going to challenge me. But it kept coming back, and I'm like, okay, God, like, I'm not going to ignore you. Um, And so that word that I kept coming to was boldness. When thinking about boldness, I was reminded of a story that I want to share with you guys real fast before I jump into uh, the the definition of boldness that I have for you guys this morning. So uh, every year we do outflow at RLC, and this year was my first year that I was able to be on staff as we did that, and it was super cool to watch all of you guys serve and really plug into our communities. And for the kids, we did a bunch of activities with them. We did prayer walls, we did a bunch of things to help them learn what it means to serve. And one of the activities that I came up with is I made um, thank you cards for each of the staff pastors. Um, And basically they got to color it, um, they drew a picture of each of the staff pastors with them on it, and then they wrote like a thank you portion on it. And man, the responses were mixed. It was so funny. And most of the pictures were super cute, right? Like kids holding Pastor Kevin's hand and Pastor Kevin's like 12 feet tall and the kid is like all the way down here. And then some of them were like, one kid thanked uh, Sasser for fixing the toilets on campus. So that was interesting. Um, So yeah, it was just super cool to read through them and, and watch the kids really understand what it means to thank and to serve. And at the end, one of, uh, one of the leaders in the classroom ended up having the kids make a few for me. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So I opened one of them, and there's a picture of me standing hand in hand with, with the kid. And I had red dots all over my face in the picture. And I stop, and I'm like, okay. Like, that's, you know, I have acne, so that's my face. But I'm like, man, that's really bold for them to, like, put that, right? Like, if an adult would have done that to me, I would have probably had some words, right? But since it was a kid, I was like, oh, that's super cute. But it was really bold. And that was kind of my first thought. I'm like, man, that's, that's rough. But it's okay, because it's a kid doing it, right? So I think that when we think of the word boldness, we often think about situations where we uh, stand up and be bold. But I want to separate these two uh, boldness into two different sections. And so the first one I'm classifying as worldly boldness. Worldly boldness is driven by our personal desire to prove our own credibility, worth, and popularity. And as I was thinking through this word and thinking past years, um, as obviously this is something that I can grow in because God gave me this word, I thought about all the times that I stood up to be bold to prove myself, to prove my credibility, to prove things on my end that didn't truthfully matter. And often, it ended up me putting my foot in my mouth or making a fool of myself. On the other hand, this is the kind of boldness that that God called me to this year, and I classify it as holy boldness. Holy boldness is completely selfless. It allows the power of the Holy Spirit to work through us with the goal of pushing forward the mission of God. 
completely two different things, right? Completely two different goals at the end of that. And so as I was thinking through this, I was like, man, this is really hard for me. I would rather just like, like I'll speak my mind when people call on me, but I'm not somebody who will just be like, hey, I'm here, what's up, you know? So I'm like, okay, God, like, like I guess this is my 2023, right? But as I was thinking through this and, and praying through it, I thought about all the examples in the Bible of boldness, right? All the examples of worldly boldness and how people um, made decisions that were outside of the Holy Spirit, right? And we can, we can read those over and over again, but we can also read about the holy boldness that people in the Bible had and how that transformed their lives and the people around them. And we're reading the stories today, so it's continuing to transform us today. And so as I was thinking of this, I started thinking about the book of Acts. And at the beginning of the book of Acts, I don't have a ton of time to kind of um, lead us all here, but basically after Jesus' resurrection, he comes back to the disciples and he tells them to wait in Jerusalem to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you guys to go back and read the first few chapters of Acts. It's really good and it's really powerful. But I noticed that one of the first things that happened after the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in the upper room is that they began to have boldness. They began to have holy boldness. And so as you read through the first few uh, chapters of Acts, you can see the different things that happen. And so Acts 4.13 um, is talking about two disciples, Peter and John. And it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized, and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So my first takeaway from that was like, okay, this holy boldness has to come from the Lord. It has to come from the Holy Spirit working in my life. And so that was the first thing that I took away is that if I'm gonna be bold, if any of us are gonna be bold, we have to first be with Jesus and we have to first see the Holy Spirit and, and listen to him, right? And then not only did they start preaching and they start teaching and they started sharing the gospel, they also chose to walk in boldness as the culture that they lived in did not accept them preaching it. And so Acts 4, 18 through 20 says, then they called them in again and commanded them to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in the God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So that's a lot, right? It's a lot to be like, okay, I'm going to be bold, and I'm like kind of scared because last year I picked patience, and God really made me a patient person in a lot of ways. Um, so now I'm like, okay, God, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do, but it's kind of nerve-wracking. And so when I was thinking through this, I was thinking about how often when God tells me to be bold in situations, I have two choices. All of us have two choices. Either walk in boldness and walk in the Holy Spirit's leading or choose my own ability and what I think I can do over God's mission in my life. And so that's what I want to leave with you guys this morning is that I want to encourage you guys that, that boldness is, is something that's hard and I'm... Um, working towards it, and I probably won't stand at the end of 2023 and say that I was bold in every single moment the Lord asked me to be. But at the end of the day, it's so important that we remember that the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives. And in order to do that, we have to be okay with putting our pride aside and being bold for him. So with that, I'm going to invite Pastor Jesse, if you want to give him a round of applause. Relevant Life Church! 2023, man, to, to answer this question, I, uh, it was something God's been speaking to me about abandoning my pride and, and living with humility in my life, and uh, 
If you want to go ahead and turn or scroll with me to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, I promise if you shout me down, I'll be quick and to the point. Uh, Come on, y'all. All right, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, it'll be on the screen for you, but Solomon writes, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. You know, we've struggled with and believed the lie of pride since the beginning, friends. The lie that we know better than God. It's, it's, it's this thinking, I got this on my own, I don't need anything from God way of life. And if I'm being honest with you, pride something I struggle with, it's something I can't seem to shake. So if you're anything like me, I hope this message encourages you, I hope it challenges you, and I hope it propels you into 2023 in your relationship with Jesus. But before I go any further, can we pray together real quick? Jesus, thank you uh, that your word still speaks today. Thank you that in 2023, uh, this will be an amazing incredible year in the life of this church and in everyone in uh, who's a part of this church. God, I pray that your spirit would move in their lives like never before. And in Jesus' name, oh, and one more thing, Jesus, help the Chargers in Jesus' name. They haven't won since last year. Do what you can with what you got. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we live in a culture and a society that preaches we are the masters of our destiny, the captain of our ship, the king or queen of our lives. We hear about God. We we know he has a calling on our lives to live a certain way, to reach a certain people. We hear all the time how we need to submit our lives to him, surrender to him, give him everything. But we think we can keep going the way that we're going, doing what we want to do. So it's our pride that gets in the way of us truly knowing God and what he has to offer us. Pride is so sinful and so self-destructive because it's given ourselves the credit for something that God has already accomplished. Pride's taking the glory that belongs to God and God alone and keeping it for ourselves. Our relationships with other people begin to crumble because pride tells us to keep ourselves first, to look out for number one. And our relationship with Jesus is broken Because we care more about our reputation and what we look like to other people around us rather than listening and obeying when Jesus speaks and when the Holy Spirit leads and guides and directs us in moments in our life. That could be you right now. I mean, you could be sitting here right now asking yourself, why do I need God? These people are nuts. And that's a dangerous place to be. Anything we accomplish in this world would not have been possible were it not for God sustaining, enabling, providing, strengthening, empowering you every step and breath that you've ever taken in your life. That's why we give God the glory, amen, because he alone deserves it. So I want to quickly give us three ways that we can move past pride and live a life characterized by humility in 2023. Does that sound good? All right, first one, the first way that we can move past pride and move towards humility is to admit it. Beating pride is tough, friends. It is tough. It's tough because the first part is admitting your life is built off the lie that you're not broken. You got to admit it. You have to tell someone you trust. You have to come before God humbly. You have to admit to giving yourself the title of king or queen in your life and not Jesus. 
You have to admit that you've been treating people, treating other people like they're lower than you. We have to realize and admit that we've been trying to walk this life in our own strength and in our own wisdom. Pride has the tendency to get us thinking and acting like we don't need any help. We don't need to be fixed because we are just fine with who we are. It's saying, God, I don't need your help. I've got this. How many of you have ever been there? Second way is uh, be willing to learn from others. Be willing to learn from others. Be willing to submit to and learn from others in your life like trusted friends, the pastoral staff, or any of our staff here at Relevant Life Church. They're all full of wisdom. They're all amazing. Or mentors in your life. Be willing to learn from the generations that came before you and the generations that came after you and the generations that will continue to come after you. By allowing people to have a voice in your life, to speak open and honestly about how you're thinking and acting, you're going to give people a, a, an, opportunity, a, an opportunity to help you see your prideful blind spots and pursue humility. The third way is to actively pursue humility. We can't just hope to avoid pride without fighting to defeat it. Choosing humility means I have to take the time to take a, a real good long look at myself and my actions, asking God to give me a right view of myself as his son or daughter. It also means I have to keep my heart open to being teachable and willing to see where I can change my thinking to renew my mind and my actions. Humility allows you to see all the elements at play in a team or a church or a family and graciously consider how it all and how we all function together. There's no jostling, fighting for prime position, or belief that you are the most qualified overseer in all areas. Humility says, I'm willing to acknowledge the unique abilities and gifts of other people, of everyone around me, and empower those around me to become more than they could have ever hoped to be on, them, on their own. To be all that God has empowered them to be in the church right now. To reach a world that's lost, broken, and hurting and in, the, in, in need of the love of Jesus. We have to remember the gospel, friends, in closing. We've got to remember the gospel in 2023. The gospel puts us in the right place. It reminds us that God is holy and we are not. That the air we breathe is a gift from God. And it's by his grace we have anything. Any accomplishments or uh, any accomplishments we experience or gifts that we have are from God, not because of how awesome we are, but because of how gracious and how merciful and how incredible our God is. Remembering the gospel should always lead us to humility because the greatest example of humility is Jesus, who stepped down from his throne, entered into our frame, knew our pain, went to the cross and died for you and me so that we could sit in these seats this morning and praise him and, 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 and listen to his word and listen to Pastor Trenton preach an amazing message. Amen. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for the, for the opportunity to pursue you in 2023. God, I pray for incredible growth. God, I pray that we would humble ourselves before you in 2023 and, and, and allow you to do a work in us that we could never have hoped to do on our own. God, I pray for an incredible move of God in 2023. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give it up for the one and the only Allie Reich?
Thank you, Pastor Jesse. RLC fam, I'm literally so hype because we are kicking off the new year together. Um, and I love, I mean, I just love every day of the year, to be honest, not going to lie. If you need help finding something joyous in your year, come find me. I will find it for you, okay? Um, but I'm sure as we move forward with the end of 2023 in mind, I think some of you might be like, bro, I'm just trying to make it through to tomorrow. And I feel you. But did you know that the Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ? And so we're not here to just make it through to tomorrow. I want to be living with my God-given potential, at my God-given capacity, and that starts with optimizing who you are as a human being. And so I want to answer this question today by looking at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that, shows us, that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So next December, when I get to the end of the year, what is it that I hope to say I successfully lived by throughout 2023? I want to say I live with resilience. Resilience is this ability to bounce back from disruption, to have the capacity to withstand, uh, or to recover quickly from difficulties. And, you know, nobody was more resilient than Jesus. And there was this, there were endless demands on his life. He was misunderstood. He had little privacy. He was criticized constantly. And as if that weren't enough, people were trying to kill him. And talk about disruption and difficulties and challenging life experiences. And yet when we look at the life of Jesus, his ministry, uh, how he lived, we see that he walked with such amazing peacefulness. And no matter how difficult the situation became, uh, he modeled a calmness and a resilience in the face of outrageous demands. And this is why the book of Hebrews advises us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because it's by Jesus' example of endurance that we're able to learn his secrets of resilience. And so what is it that's going to make me get up one more time and one more time and one more time? And looking at the life Jesus lived, there are honestly so many things that I could point out that Jesus did to be stress-resistant and live with resilience. But for the sake of time, I've chosen to focus on only two of them today. What's going to get me to the end of 2023 more resilient than I am right now? Number one, you have to know who you are. And why is this important? Well, because if you're not sure who you really are, you're going to be whipped around and manipulated and molded by the pressures and the problems and the people around you. When you have a confused or unclear identity, it makes you more prone to stress and difficulty. Why? Because our culture will try to fit you into its mold. Culture will make you into what it wants you to be. And now we know that Jesus never had any doubts about his identity. He knew exactly who he was. In fact, he publicly defines himself over and over again. We know them as the I am statements of Jesus. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life, just to name some of them. And so why does knowing who you are make you more resilient? Well, because we learn from Jesus in John 8 that he didn't need other people to tell him who he was. He knew who he was, and he didn't depend on the opinions of other people to validate him. If you depend on the opinions of others to validate yourself, you'll end up pretending, you'll end up faking it, you'll end up wearing a mask, and you'll end up trying to be the person that everybody else wants you to be. And that wears down your resilience, and it makes it difficult for you to bounce back and to get back up. 
Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But then he said to us, you are the light of the world. Don't hide your light. Do you realize how special God says we are? There's nobody in the world exactly like you. There will never be someone like you in the history of humankind. God only created one you, and he wants you to be you. And when you get to heaven, God isn't going to say, why weren't you more like Moses? Or why weren't you more like Alex Pilgrim? Or why weren't you more like Julie Pilgrim? The point is, you must become truly comfortable with being you. You must accept your strengths, and you must accept your limitations and your weaknesses. And when you do that, you'll start to capitalize on who God made you to be and what he has for you. So number one, know who you are. And number two, know who you're trying to please. In other words, know who you're living for. You see, mixed motivation is a great cause of stress and difficulty in your life. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You cannot please everyone. You get them happy, and they're going to be upset. By the time you get them happy, they're upset again. Not even God can please everybody because someone's praying for it to rain while someone's praying it to be sunny on the exact same day. And someone's praying for their team to win while someone else is praying for their team to win. (laughs) You know, as a pastor, uh, I am learning that I am always going to be disappointing somebody, and that is okay. Why? Because everybody has different expectations, and I do not live to please humanity. And that's why Jesus said in John 5.30, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus knew who he was trying to please. Now, if you're not trying to please God, in all likelihood, you're trying to probably please a bunch of people. And this is another reason why Jesus was so resilient, because he was only trying to please one. By trying to please only God, it also simplifies my life because I don't have to consume my thoughts with worry about if I'm pleasing everybody else. Jesus never let approval, or for that matter, rejection, control him. So whose approval are you depending on? Who are you trying to please? Jesus lived a life resistant to stress because he knew who he was and who he was living for, which gave him the ability to overcome any obstacle, difficulty, or pressure that came his way. After all, you know, it was his resilience that allowed him to sacrificially die a horrible death so that we didn't have to. And I believe resilience is the key to thrive in this life with the faith I need to stand before Jesus and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So with that said, let's give a huge hype welcome to Pastor Kevin. Wow. Can you say wow to our team this morning? They have, they have wisdom. They are amazing. Uh, I love this opportunity. They've all come with such valued words. I, how many have taken notes? Have you taken notes? I hope so. Um, today I want to come and just close, close it up, but give you my word today. And my word is a long answer because, you know, I have lots of words that I use. But I'm going to sum it up with this. When it comes to the end of 2023, what do you hope to say you successfully lived by, modeled, or embodied? And I'm going to use the word prayer, but I want to give you a definition of that, that idea. It says that prayer was my lifeblood, was essential to life, the conduit of relationship with God, the access to God's power, the answer to obstacles, and the avenue to comfort and peace. When I say the word prayer, you know, especially taking five minutes or seven minutes to be able to describe this, prayer is a huge topic. Prayer is a huge subject. But how many realize in your life that, that sometimes prayer comes, it ebbs, and it flows? How many have discovered that? 
I've discovered that greatly in my life. And as I made this definition, this is a definition I put in the front of my Bible. It's put in the, it's in my journal that I'm uh, going to get prepared in for the new year. But there's a lot of expectation that I have through prayer, a lot of expectation to honestly state, as you see this definition, that I don't feel I've done very good up to this point, that I feel challenged, I feel motivated. Louis Giglio says this thing. He says, when prayer is the only option you've got, you've still got the most powerful option available. And I don't know about you, but there's many times that I can pray about things in an emergency or I can pray about things when I'm feeling this intensity, but I can go about life going, no, God, I got this on my own. Anybody ever been there before? And I'm feeling this challenge this year uh, to, to focus more in, in prayer and this idea that there's an honor and a privilege that I get to talk to God. Not just talk to God about me, but I get to talk to God about you. And I get to talk to, about God, talk to God about all the situations that are in this, in this world. Things that I've pondered. Why is praying so difficult? Why is praying easy for others? Why do some neglect praying while others live a life of prayer? Some think that prayer that should just come naturally. I can tell you that it comes naturally to me in the middle of a crisis when I say, God, help. Anybody out there, it comes naturally when you're in the middle of a crisis. But what I've realized is this, is that there must be a desire to pray. That desire may come out of, a, out of a crisis. It may come out of a conviction. It may come out of a realization of my neediness. But it has to be birthed out of a deep desire for God to be intervening in a situation and circumstance. One of the disciples in Luke chapter 11, they were fascinated by God's prayer. They were fascinated that Jesus went off on his, on his own. And, and the disciple came in Luke chapter 11, verse, verse 1. He says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. When's the last time that you asked Jesus to teach you to pray? When's the last time that you got quiet enough to say, Holy Spirit, would you teach me to pray? Would you direct me in my prayer life? Would you show me what I need to do and how I need to walk it out? What I've realized is this, is that prayer is a learned skill. Prayer does not come naturally. It doesn't just happen because I'm a Christ follower. It takes learning. It takes practice. It takes repetition. It takes time. It takes dedicated opportunities. Can I tell you today as I stand here as a believer, as a Christ follower for many, many years, I know about prayer. I've taught about prayer, I've utilized prayer, I've experienced the blessings of prayer. But I realized just over those last several weeks as this question came to me, I realized I don't, I don't practice prayer enough. I'm not reaping these benefits that God wants me to reap. Romans chapter 12 says this, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Everyone say constant. Constant is a reflection of frequency. Be constant in prayer. How constant are you in your prayer? Colossians 4.2 says this, continue steadfastly. Everyone say steadfastly. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Steadfastness is a reflection of determination. Not just a constancy, but a determination of going, no, I am believing that something is going to happen. How many are steadfast in your prayers? First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 7 says this, Pursue the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. This passage is a reflection of passion. When I step back and I evaluate my prayer life, I have to come back and go, am I frequent enough? 
Am I determined enough? And am I passionate enough? Those are three things that I have to decipher in my life. Prayer is not a matter of performance for God, but a matter of relationship with God. I can tell you that there's many times out of my prayer life, I've done it out of performance, going, God, am I good enough? God, I'm coming out of obedience. And God's going, God, Kevin, this is not out of performance. This is out of relationship. The way we see God determines the way we approach him. A performer, are we, are we, are we functioning as a performer who's getting graded or a relationship who deeply cares about you? Do we pray to God for God's acceptance or from God's acceptance or for his acceptance? Do we pray for God's approval or do we pray for, uh, do we pray, pray out of that he already approves of us? Do we pray for God's blessing or do we pray because we are blessed? There's a difference in our motives in what we do and how we do it. Just three truths that I have realized over these last several weeks that I'd like to share with you that I wanna walk in in a different matter, a different fashion through 2023 is that prayer makes the presence of God evident. Can I tell you where God is? There is joy, there's peace, there's satisfaction. I don't like, there's moments that I like to be alone, but can I tell you there's moments that I like to be with someone else. Uh, The week right before COVID, or right before Christmas, Rhonda had COVID and we were quarantined apart from one another in our house. Can I tell you how miserable that was Having, I, I had my dog, my companion, uh, but I can tell you this, the only way that we communicated was through a text message or over the phone, even though we were in the same house. I'd bring food up and knock it on the door and go, hey, here it is. But can I tell you, it, there's something significant to be able to stay, sit in the same room and have the presence of someone that you love very dearly. Can I tell you when God shows up, when you pray, God's presence becomes evident. It becomes evident. Not only does God's presence become evident, but God's bring, God brings true and lasting peace. I'm not talking about this fake manufactured peace. Can I tell you that there's a lot of people in our world today, we can see it prevalent in our culture, that are seeking peace through addictions, through drugs, through companions, through sex changes, through whatever. They're trying to find meaning. And I'm gonna tell you today that the only true True lasting peace is through Jesus. And the one that I love the most is prayer brings clear perspective. Prayer leads us to God's, to a God whose ways are higher than ours and whose power is greater than ours. It doesn't bypass our abilities, resources, strength, or wisdom, but it does go beyond them. What I love about prayer, this one here I wrote, prayer reminds us that we don't have to rely on ourselves to make it through the messiness of life. When I come to this place of prayer, it gives me clear perspective that I can be messed up, that I can that I cannot be resilient, that I can be prideful, that I cannot be bold. But when I come to God in prayer, God goes, in the middle of all your messiness, I'm gonna help you get there. And I don't know about you, but all these things were challenging me and it's like, oh God, I need to pray about that more. Not do I, need, do I need to do it, but God, I need your help to help me do those things. Because I need to be more bold. I need to be more aware of what's important for today. I need to walk in humility. I need to be more resilient. And my avenue of getting there is not me trying to make myself do it, but coming to God and saying, God, will you help me do it? 
The challenge to you today is what about you? What about you? Maybe it's one of these topics that we've dialogued this morning. But what is it that you would pause and say in 2023 that you want to have modeled in your life? What is it that you would want to be able to reflect to God next December? Aristotle said this, that we are the sum of our actions and therefore our habits make all the difference. I can tell you today that why resolutions fail is we can write it out on a sheet of paper and we can go, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. But if we don't adjust our lives, if we don't adjust our actions on a daily basis, we're never going to end in the goal that we want to achieve. And I wanna challenge you today that you're, with this concept that your habits are gonna make all the difference. Don't, don't wait until tomorrow, don't wait until next month to decide what habits you're going to pursue. My challenge to you is this, as we pause here just for a moment as this music is playing, would you consider your own life? Would you pull out your phone and a notes app? Maybe you're gonna flip open your Bible and write it in your cover. Maybe you're gonna take a piece of paper. But would you, would you come up with what it is, one statement that you want 2023 to be for you? Not that everyone else recognizes it, but that you know you've accomplished it before God, that you've walked it. Let's just take a moment, would you? God, I recognize this morning that all the topics that we talked about this morning could possibly be intimidating or even threatening. And God, even this concept of writing something down or being challenged by something that we are going to live our life differently can even be intimidating, could be scary. God, maybe we're here today and we're going, I don't wanna write anything down because I will always fail, I've always failed, there's nothing I can stand on. God, today I pray that you would bring a courage and a boldness and a determination. Not that we're gonna walk it perfectly, but God, that we're gonna make an effort to develop our habits to glorify you. God, I love the fact that you are the God of yesterday. You're the God of our yesterdays. You're the God of our failures and our successes. You're the God of all those things that we can look back and we can dread or we can even feel tormented by. But God, you're the God of yesterday. And you are also the God of today. You're the God of this very present moment that has us sitting in this room being challenged by the words that are spoken today. And your Holy Spirit is speaking to us at this moment. But God, you're also the God of tomorrow. And God, I pray that as we are present in the moment and we are reaching for the goals of tomorrow, God, would you be in that gap with us? Would you, would you give us wisdom? Would you give us strength? God, when there is areas that we 
think we have it on our own, would you help us to humble ourselves? God, when we feel timid, would you give us boldness? God, when we are so busy doing everything that we think is right, God, would you help us to choose what is right in your eyes? God, when we just feel like giving up, God, would you give us resilience? And God, whatever it is that you're having us put down on this, on, in this moment for our lives, God, would you help us to glorify you? Would you help us to do those things with all of our might? God, may 2023 not just be a year that we endure, but God, may it be a, tw- a year that we enjoy. God, may it be a year that we see victories and successes. May it be a year that we see your presence walking with us. God, I love the fact we weren't able to celebrate it last year or last week as a, as a congregation, but God, I love the fact that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Not only were you with us in 2022, but you are going to be with us in 2023. Every challenge, every journey, everything that we face, God, we thank you that you're with us. And everyone said, amen, amen. I wanna remind you real quickly of some important things. Number one, when you leave today, there is a, a, a smorgasbord of cookies and hot chocolate that were supposed to happen last Friday and we need you to stop and drink the hot chocolate and eat the cookies. Um, and the, the nice little caveat on top of that is you get to talk with someone, hopefully, okay? If someone's standing in a corner, everyone, everyone just corner them, all right? Don't, don't let them stand there alone. But seriously, would you please just make sure that you, uh, d- just take a few moments. We only have one service today and we don't want you to rush out of here. Would you just take a few moments to do so? Also remind you of the prayer and fasting. And one thing that we did not announce earlier, Wednesday night, prayer and worship. It will not be live streamed. We need you to be here. We need you to come. Would you vote, vote, vote for God by your presence in this room? Would you vote for, vote for the power of prayer? by your presence in this room. And I know that everyone's trying to get back into the schedules with their kids and all that sort of stuff. Can I tell you, as Allie talked about it, your kids are very, very resilient. And this is a very important thing that you're here. Can I tell you, your kids need to be in, in atmospheres like this. So one night is not gonna harm them. Be here, would you? It's gonna be East Campus. Again, it's not live stream. Our prayer team is coming right now and they wanna be able to pray with you. Have an amazing week this week. Stop and get a cookie and some hot chocolate. God bless. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.